You're listening to the CIPD podcast series. Britain has had equal pay legislation for over 40 years now, but the median gender pay gap is still 20.2%. Now, admittedly, this can be partly explained by the fact that the vast majority of low-paid jobs in areas such as secretarial work and childcare are still done by women. But there's also evidence to show that even when they work in better-paid professions, women generally occupy less senior positions than men and, crucially, earn less than their male peers doing comparable jobs. In 2011, in a bid to reduce the pay gap, the government launched an initiative called Think, Act, Report. It's a voluntary system designed to encourage employers to be more transparent about pay, and it's now in its second year. So I asked Diana Warman, Public Policy Advisor on Diversity and Inclusion at the CIPD, why she thinks pay discrepancies are so entrenched and how Think, Act, Report might help. It's about the ways in which we work, women versus men. A lot of the stuff is around what kind of work you do, what kind of work is valued, the way it is valued, whether you're working full or part-time. Do you have access to the kind of work that gives the best kind of income? Are you working in a way which entitles you to receive the bonuses, which make such a huge difference? Um, Those things actually make the difference between a, a narrow gap and a wide gap. So if you get the same basic pay, it doesn't mean to say you get the same take-home pay. And all those things mount up at the end of the day. But more pivotal is actually the way in which I think women are judged about the kinds of ways they're doing their work anyway. Who is assessing them? Who is appraising them? What are they recognising as the important factors in achieving success? Is it the right stuff that they're measuring and assessing and judging women on or not? Because we all talk about the softer skills element now as being very important. The customer service skills, understanding better what the customer wants than you understand the customer to want. All of those things are very important in terms of your appraisal process. And we really need to look at, if in fact you've got a a pay gap, well, how are women being appraised compared with their male counterparts? Who is doing that appraising? What are they taking into account? And where are the likely problems? So all the time you're drilling down into your systems about people management and development issues to expose the underlying causes. Think Act Report encourages employers to address issues like these and to really focus on equality. Joe Swinson is Minister for Women and Equalities and she talked to me about the background to this latest push on gender pay. Well, obviously, the Equal Pay Act of 1970 is 42 years old, and yet we still have a situation uh, where there's a a 20% gender uh, pay gap. And that's obviously not something which is, uh, is right. And it's also not something which is good for the economy because, you know, women are half the population and we need to make sure we're properly using and, and recognising their talents in our economy. So the government has uh, an initiative called Think, Act, Report, which companies can sign up to to make sure they're properly looking at how they recruit women, how they uh, retain and promote women and also what their pay policies are like to make sure that there's no unconscious discrimination going on and that they're properly reaping the benefits of the women in their workforces. The businesses supporting Think Act Report range from those just starting to think more deeply about gender equality to those with action plans and reporting mechanisms already in place. What they share is the desire to be more transparent about gender at work. 
I asked Jo Swinson how many organisations are now on board and whether she feels the initiative is making a difference. We're delighted that so far 55 employers have signed up to the initiative and that's now covering more than a million people within the workforce, which is a really good milestone. But of course, we want to go so much further and that's why I've been encouraging uh, businesses and indeed other organisations, uh, particularly those large organisations, to, uh, to sign up to Think Act Report and make sure that they're properly looking at their processes within the organisation. I mean, as you say, 50 plus organisations, it's great, a million employees, but what have we got, 29 million people employed in Britain right now, so we've got a long way to go on this, haven't we? Well, we, we certainly do need to, uh, to, to do more on this and I think also to recognise the business benefits of this. This is not just equality, a nice thing to do. This is about you know sound business sense. This is about making sure that companies can keep their female talent rather than losing them to competitors. We know, for example, when it comes to people returning to work after maternity leave, the rates between the best and the worst employers vary from 50% coming back to 99% coming back. Now, nobody wants to lose their talented, excellent uh, members of staff. And so making sure there's a a really uh, coherent and thought through way of the company looking at how they retain that female talent within the organisation is something which makes perfect economic sense to do. International law firm Eversheds is one of the 55 businesses which have signed up to Think Act Report. Margot King is the head of corporate responsibility and diversity and she told me about the gender balance situation there. We've historically had a very positive gender balance. The, the legal sector in general has a very good entry level of women into the profession. And like many of our competitors in the sector, we've seen that progress through the, the ranks in the business. Um, and, and we've historically had a very positive representation of women in, uh, in our partnership. As a, an organisation that's, that's committed to diversity, we've been monitoring that over a period of time. And uh, in 2011, we noticed that it was starting to, uh, to drop. Um, and that's where we, uh, we decided that we needed to do something differently. So Evershed set to work and designed a piece of research to find out exactly why the number of women in their business was falling. The study yielded some fascinating results and it helped the firm identify various areas where it believed improvements could be made, both in the short and the longer term. Four of them were particularly important. Here's Margot again. The first one was around role modelling. We had a lot of good role models in the business of people who had progressed through the partnership. For example, people who'd progressed while working part-time, but they weren't very well known within the business. Um, so what we've done is really shared those experiences around and, and, and done a lot of internal communication to make people aware of the, the practice that, that happens in the business, but they just might not know about in their particular office or team. Eversheds now encourages its senior female members of staff who work part-time to act as high-profile role models to more junior colleagues and reinforce the idea that working part-time can be an extremely successful career move. The second area of focus for the firm was maternity leave. It's a key issue. Before the birth of a first child, the employment rate for women is similar to that of men. Immediately afterwards, it drops off to almost half. Margot King. We've been looking at our maternity processes and approach, not just the financial package, but that as around a significant review of the processes around maternity to really make sure that we can minimise the impact that taking some time out of the business can have on somebody's career. And that work is something that we're right in the middle of at the moment in terms of how we can really smooth out the impacts that that has, particularly getting people back up to speed on client work when they come back. 
The third area for Eversheds was career planning. We identified that a number of the more junior women in our organisation aren't aware of the promotions process and how to go about progressing their career. And what that means is that it's taking them a bit longer to to get to the levels of promotion that we, we'd want them to. Um, what do you think that is? So the Ben are more tuned into that? Yeah, I think partly it's the natural styles that men and women have, um, that men are generally more assertive and will push themselves forward. And when you have a a promotions process that requires you to put your best foot forward and and to demonstrate your capabilities and your achievements, men are much more likely to do that. And what we need to do is to, to educate some of the women in our business that it's okay to sing your own praises and actually you do need to do that and to help them with some of the tools and techniques um, to go about doing that in an appropriate and an honest way um, but to do it in a way that's that's right for them but also demonstrates what we need for our promotions processes. Now Eversheds promotes targeted training for women to support them in this area for example by encouraging women to network and as Margot explained the fourth and final area in the firm's equality push was mentoring. We're just finishing a pilot phase of some initial mentoring relationships, so taking some of our female lawyers and partnering them with partners in the business, so senior leaders in the business, to really help them through some of those initial decisions and thoughts that they might have about their career and how they progress. So really, if you look at the mentoring and the career planning, they're kind of each at the opposite ends of the the spectrum. So having already addressed gender-related issues head-on... Why did Eversheds feel it was also important to get on board with Think Act Report? Here's Margot. Because it's common sense. <laughs> you get what you measure. And actually, when I was contacted about it, it's what we're already doing. So as a law firm, we look at our, our diversity metrics, we think about them, we do something about them, and we report on the changes that we see. So although we don't yet cover all of the elements um, that are outlined in the Think That Report programme, I think we've got some quite good examples of what can happen if you do apply that approach. And that's why we were very happy to, uh, to sign up to it. What's interesting here is that companies don't need to sign up to all of the elements of ThinkHack Report. They're completely free to choose only the bits they feel ready to deal with. Another organisation that's taken advantage of this optional approach is Metropolitan, a national provider of integrated housing services and community regeneration with about 80,000 customers around the country. I asked Mark Harrison, Metropolitan's diversity strategy manager, why he was drawn to ThinkHack Report and which aspects of it he'd chosen to sign up to. It's fair to say I think that over 60% of our customers are female and over 60% of our staff are as well. So it's very important for us to um, address any barriers that may exist uh, in respect of gender. It's both in terms of our role as an employer, but also in terms of service delivery. So the report was a good opportunity for us to do some benchmarking. And are you signed up to all of it or are you just doing some of the aspects of it at the moment? At the moment we're just doing the top level reporting uh, on our board. We publish figures on our board membership. We're very fortunate to have a woman who's the chair of our board and the the deputy chair is also a woman. A majority of our board members are female and um, we have... 50% of our executive management team are female as well. And that's if we go down to the directors, again, over 50% of our directors are women. So we're very um, positive about uh, the development of women in their career. And we participated in the um, Times Top 50. And I think that kind of, once we were in there, it inspired us to think more a bit uh, about the um, 
the implications of the Think Act report. At Metropolitan, women were already well represented at all levels, but Think Act report encouraged Mark and his team to look at wider gender equality issues in their organisation. We've recently taken a decision to, rather than look at the entirety in terms of the gender profile, to look at particular teams, which is proving much more interesting and actually will give us some actions, I think. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're by no means perfect. We recognise the fact that we can do better on all aspects of equality. Um, I think the first step of that is self-awareness, and, and that's where we are, really. But yes, we've taken a look at the organisation and we, we're, we're thinking about appropriate actions. We're doing well, I think, in certain areas. We do need to uh, think about how we report gender equality, I think, going forward. And that's some, you know, we look at organisations like Tesco's and think, well, you know, how, how can we emulate them in a sense? Tesco is a brand that will be familiar to everyone listening to this podcast. With over 300,000 employees in the UK and half a million worldwide, the retail giant signed up to Think Act Report because it supported the work they'd already done on gender pay. Judith Nelson is personal director for UK and the Republic of Ireland at Tesco. We'd spent a lot of time in previous years trying to equalise the pay of our customer assistants who serve millions of customers every week because why should we pay um, somebody moves the trolley is different somebody who serves cheese on a counter and we spent I had a long journey to try and equalize that pay and then in the early 2000s somebody raised an issue about pay equality of our, our senior managers and especially around gender so we took a look into that and surprisingly found that that there was a, a discrepancy. So that must have been a bit of a shock because as you say you concentrate on this stuff and yet you still discovered there was a, a bit of an issue. It was really and on the face of it, we were quite surprised, thinking, well, how on earth can that be? You know, it's something part of our core DNA, so how, how could this have arisen? And when we looked at it, we actually found that there was a 16% discrepancy in the pay of gender uh, in some of our managers. This is store managers. Store managers. So we took a look in more detail. And what we found is that in the business, we have different size of stores. So we have the small Express and Metro, and then our larger hypermarkets, the Extras. And in a small store, you might be managing sort of 80, 100 people. And in the larger extras, hundreds of people, up to 800. And what we actually found is that the majority of the larger stores were managed by male store managers because they got more experienced with the business. So people start in the smaller stores and then work their way up. So it was purely based on experience and time in with the business and time in role that meant that the male was being paid more than the, the female store managers. And when you did it like for like, it was actually less than 2% difference. So, as Tesco discovered, gender equality issues can be far more complex and difficult to explain than statistics might suggest at first sight. People might say, well, actually, you know, for Tesco, it's easy because you've got 300,000 people and you've got all of the systems and the processes to back it up. And of those 300,000, probably most of them are on the same pay rates. But, you know, we do have over 30,000 people that we look at individually on their pay rates every year and check for any discrepancies around pay. And despite all the work they'd done, for Judith Nelson, it was still important for Tesco to sign up to Think Act Report. 
I was really pleased and I was quite proud actually when we were asked to really take part and sponsor the initiative with Theresa May last year and I think it's something that I would encourage all of the businesses to look at and it's not just about pay, it's about the broader equality agenda and I would say is that no matter what sector you're in, however large or small your organisation, then it's, it provides a real framework for you to start having the conversations with your business about something that's really important. Now, critics of Think Act Report argue that in order for it to become truly effective, participation should be made mandatory for all employers. I put that point to Jo Swinson, Minister for Women and Equalities. I am wondering, obviously it's a great initiative, but it's a voluntary reporting initiative. Will it really address those people who are, well, who are less alive to these issues? I think there is a clear business reason to do this as a, as a company. But you're quite right that uh, there are some who are still less enlightened to that particular view. There's obviously lots of things which make business sense to do that we still need a nudge to do, whether that's as a, you know, as a person in your own home, knowing that doing loft insulation will save you money on your energy bill, but do you really get round to doing it? In the same way, I think very many companies actually need that nudge, and that's what the Think Act report process does. Now, of course, the government has uh, agreed to go ahead with this voluntary initiative instead of going down the mandatory approach uh, initially outlined in the uh, Equality Act. Indeed. Uh, but if this isn't seen to work, then of course you know, businesses will recognise that that's a, a, a possibility with, you know, in, in future years to come that a government might actually revisit. So I think there's another reason there for businesses to get ahead of the game, uh, to, to get on board, making sure that they are reporting on, on pay, on promotion and making sure that they're properly using female talent um, because it's going to be helpful to their business. And because if, if it doesn't happen, then, then who knows, regulation might be ultimately the answer that a future government goes for. So what does Diana Warman of the CIPD think? We would always say that a voluntary activity is better than coercion. Why? Because you want people to really get it and drive this agenda in a very positive, proactive way. That's vital to really getting the stickiness in the agenda. Are we going far enough with a current voluntary initiative? Well, it's better than nothing at all to try and encourage employers to communicate what they're doing in terms of the diversity agenda, uh, what they're achieving, and perhaps getting them to do this by enabling them to do it in a way that they're comfortable. But what is the problem is if they are not actually being given a selection of things that are really meaningful in order to select from. So if you don't put enough emphasis on the issue of pay and reward, then it's almost a bit of a cop-out. Now you can communicate pay if you choose to, but you may elect not to. And if you don't do it, then you're not putting out into the public domain enough information to make what you're doing transparent and to really expose you to the kind of scrutiny you should be exposed to in order to pull your socks up. And other countries have legislated, haven't they, and set targets? They have legislated and they've set targets. Whether they achieve success or not remains to be seen because even if law kind of seems to fix the problem at a superficial level, it's, it's really what's underneath the tip of the iceberg. That so you think called. things like setting targets for female board members, that sort of thing, doesn't really address the I think issue. you've got to be very careful that you don't go down the line of the quota system. And that was never really ever intended, even when the, the Americans first introduced their plans for progress. It was, you've got to connect with what you're trying to do because if you don't connect with it, how are you going to achieve it? I mean, it could be aspirational, for sure, but if it's imposed, it's almost immediately creating negativity, which isn't good for change at all. 
At Evershed's, Margot King takes the view that encouragement rather than coercion will achieve the best results in the long term. I think the approach that the, the GEO is taking in terms of encouragement and explaining why is going to get much more engagement with the benefits and, and to understand the benefits of doing it, I think you'll get more positive action on the back of that than if you mandate people people to do it. The, the, the range of organisations and the, and the range of sophistication that you have is so vast that I think if you mandate it, what you won't get is the think and the act, you'll get the report. And so actually, you get the culture shift. It's the act that's going to add value and make a difference in gender equality um, in the UK. And if you mandate the report, I think all you'll do is drive the report and you won't get the think and you won't get the act. And here's Judith Nelson from Tesco. The one thing I would say, it, it's voluntary. So what I would encourage people to do is literally to start talking and having those conversations with your CEOs, with your business leaders. And actually, if you don't want to report it, if pay isn't the first thing that you want to report, then all I'd say, at least take a look at it, because it will either give you some confidence that actually everything's okay, or not, it'll give you an opportunity of of something to address over a period of time. Earlier in the podcast, we heard Women and Equalities Minister Jo Swinson talking about the clear business benefits to be had from addressing gender equality. Mark Harrison at Metropolitan and Tesco's Judith Nelson agree. Probably the most immediate benefit that we see is that the people who, uh, women who are applying for jobs with us, you know, and that's that's a key priority for us as an employer is, is to be an employer of choice for all people. And we've had some excellent uh, new recruits to our organisation in the last couple of years and I would say that our approach to gender equality and equality in a, in a broader sense has been uh, part of the attraction to people. Gender equality for us is, is really important like it is for most businesses so we're a retail business you know 85% of consumers in the UK are women 22% of women shop online and you know over 90% of those talk about it to their friends and family so from a brand perspective it's really important and I think just being able to provide opportunities and having a real broad range of, of skills and experience in your business is, is just really important. That's it for this month. If what you've heard has tempted you to find out more about Think Act Report and how to get involved with it, take a look at the show notes where you'll find more information and all the links you need. Next time, in the first podcast of the new year, I'll be talking to Peter Cheese, Chief Executive of the CIPD. He'll be looking ahead to 2013 and talking about his hopes and plans for the Institute and the profession. Join me then. You've been listening to the CIPD podcast series. 